All right, it is 9.35, and it's time for our good friend, Master Gardener Barb Lampson. And I'm a Master Gardener, Karen Wright, and we, at least I did, I about cried when I walked outside this morning, Barb. I don't know about you, but I looked, and my plants, well, they had frozen, which I guess, given the temp, it was time. You know, uh, we had actually white frost on the grass. And on my windshield, because my car was outside, which means I have to clean the garage. And it just seemed like it was so much darker out this morning than than normal. Just cold and dark. and Because I, the flowers aren't bright anymore. That's why it was so dark to me. Right. And I <laughs> ran out to the greenhouse and checked to see if things survived in there, and they did, and that was good. Oh, because you but, got, yeah, that's going to be warm for a while yet. Yes, yes, exactly. But no kidding, we need to have some sun. We need to warm things up. The soil this morning is 53 degrees. Oh, you did take the temp. Uh, well, I, I got it from Wasika. They oh, you are did? very okay. reliable. Yes. And also, um, I got the arthritis index. I didn't know that you could get, find There's out. an arthritis index? There is an arthritis index. And You're kidding. It's very low. If you have problems with arthritis, you won't have as many problems today. Because there is an allergy index. I know about that. Yes, and there's yes. a UV index. And there is... A, and uh, the, wow. uh, and the allergy index, uh, only from uh, trees, the leaves on the trees are still giving off pollen, but it's very low too. Okay. So if we had sunshine, or if it was a little warmer, it would be nice to work outside, and if the soil was dry. So we have to talk about that. I mean, it's we've been waiting and waiting, and we have so much to do now. And I think of the, some of those farmers who are just waiting. They've still got yes. standing water in some of those fields, and I know some of them are just getting out there when they can. But even if it's if it's still kind of damp and you get out there, you compact the soil and it wrecks the structure. So it's not necessarily a good thing, yes. but I know that they've got to get things in. So it, it's a hard thing to do. Well, um, I called home, which is northern Minnesota, and talked to someone there. And, uh, you know, at um, Fargo, Grand Forks, they had 15 inches of snow. And those farms up there are great big wheat farms. They raise wheat, soybeans, and they, they're like 5,000 acres. There are some people that have not hundreds of acres of soybeans, but thousands of acres to get out yet. Wow. So they are really, it's it's been a, a tough time for farmers uh, with the market just went away because of the tariffs and the high cost of inputs. And then the, the weather like this when you can't get out. We were over to Wasika on uh, Monday night, and you could see water standing in the rows of corn and on the lower parts of the fields uh, there were potholes and you think oh my gosh this is just terrible so well I want to get some work done this weekend now it's going to get up to about 48 today which isn't too bad and on Saturday the sun is supposed to be shining in 57 do you think I can get out there you think it's going to be too wet because I'll tell I you what know. I need to dig some potatoes because it's I mean I really should do them now don't you think oh I think you're late <laughs> oh well these I mean these are the ones that I planted late so they were green oh, they were a lot still longer growing. okay so they were still growing yeah. later my other ones I've harvested yeah. and been eating and they're really sure. good but these are out at the lake sure. and in the ground and they finally well obviously now they're probably all I think ground. all your root crops could come out now if you have something like parsnips that's one of the crops that you can leave in the, how about they, turnips uh, I think turnips come out, but
But the only reason I know about parsnips is because we used to raise them. And what you have to do is you have to insulate the ground. And we simply would take um, bales of straw and set them right on top of the row. And then as we harvest them, we'd pick up a bale of straw and then harvest the parsnips underneath. I know some people have done that with carrots where they insulate yep. them and can pick them throughout the, the winter months some right. too. Right. We, we've not done that, but with parsnips. And they get better. They actually do take on more sugar. Because they when, aren't so bitter. <clears throat> yeah, in that cold, cold ground. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing to do. As soon as we can, we can we can get out our cannas now, our dahlias, anything They else? all turn brown overnight. Yeah. So, so my <laughs> canna lilies, they, and they had had blossoms up to yesterday. In fact, there's still some on there, but you know, they're going to turn brown, obviously. But I had beautiful flowers yet. Yes. And, and now, like you said, we're going to have to, they're, they're frozen hard. The glad, the glads, the Canna lilies, uh, what else are you going to be? Dahlias. Dahlias. Yes. I've been waiting to get the dahlias out because um, I'm going to use those holes to put uh, in some tulips. I'm still planting tulips. I mean... You, you can plant them till the ground freezes hard. Well, you know, on the bag, they'll say till the middle of October or something I know, like but that. I planted as late as December in years when we haven't had frozen. We have both pushed that. Yeah. Oh, so, and yeah. you know, I look at it this way because usually by the time you buy them that late, they're usually on sale. So yeah. you think, well, you know, if they grow, they grow. If they don't, then you got a little more compost <laughs> in the yeah. ground. You know, and you, you just... You love this color in the spring. You oh. just need this so much. So, And you can see once the, oh, you've had a frost, you can see really where there's good spots where you can slide some things in, not on top of a perennial, but within that distance. And then the perennial will cover that spot. So it, it just works really, really well. And you know, Karen, I did an experiment um, a year ago where I had... Um, some plastic containers. Now, um, you buy these. Have you seen those little storage bins that you can get that have plastic sides and they have plastic on the um, and they have and they're open. They have maybe lattice work and then the bottom they're open too. And you could just put things into storm like in your closet. Okay. But you have to have something that has like a lattice bottom or that's open on the bottom. So for air circulation. Yeah. Yeah. And I so. Uh, I had these um, new uh, um, daffodils, and I I filled this thing up with uh, really light soil. I dug it down to where it should be, and they came up, and they looked great. So I dug them up now just to make sure what was going on, and the roots had grown right through that plastic and they were fine they did fine in there uh if you the main thing if you're going to use something like that is to make sure that the water that they can drain it has to be able to drain right. because otherwise you're going to just rot the bulb so i had another one that i put some tulips in and it didn't have near the drainage parts to it because my whole idea is to guard things from anything coming in and eating it or taking it out of there. So both the um, uh, the squirrels who come in and dig as well as the bowls. And I don't want them eating because I had such a problem with that. So that was a great experiment. I thought, okay, this is good. But you know, I make these wire cages and I can't figure this out. But 
a squirrel got into one of my wire cages, <laughs> and there was not a... And these are my new bulbs that my daughter sent me from Holland and ate them. They were just totally gone. So Oh, they like their tulip. Yeah, squirrels do like tulip bulbs. And, you know, I told you in the past, I've taken and put little wire, chicken wire around each bulb and planted them or, yeah. or planted some and put like a, a layer of chicken wire over yes. them, and that seems to help. Yes, so now I have I have the chicken wire on top, or it's that green wire is what I've got. And, is uh, it just plastic then? No, it's it's green. They call it, uh, what are they? It's it's used for, it's a heavier. It's got little rectangles instead of little octagons like yeah, the chicken wire. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. rust. Okay, gotcha. And it doesn't, it, it's good. It's to, got a plastic coating on it or It something. does, it does. And I've got that on top, and then I've got bricks on top of that. So in the spring when I think things are going to start growing, I will take off one brick at a time, and then I'll lift that wire up. So, or I could leave it down, and the the tulip or the daffodil would grow right through that as well. Did I tell you about my, you know, those um, sweet potato vine? You know how yes. they are, and they're beautiful. Of course, now they're frozen. But I had one this summer that I had planted in a big pot with some other plants. And you talked about things growing through. You yes. know, there was just a little hole in the bottom, probably an inch around for drainage. Right, right. And when I moved that pot to take it in, I picked it up, and sure enough, it had grown an entire bunch of sweet potatoes underneath it yeah. that were full size. And I just, I couldn't believe that. And, and wow. my, my son says, well, can we eat these? I'm, you know, and I said, I, I don't know. You know, they're, they're sweet potato vines, yeah. and I, I'm just not sure if they would be any good. Because, you know, we plant sweet potatoes, and they're not yes. as... Yes, um, You know, um, I asked Don Gordon that question oh, okay. one time. I took one to him. And he didn't know either. But he said to err on the side of caution. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Okay. So uh, unless we can find someone that can tell us what, what variety they are and if they are. Uh, but they do. They're a vigorous plant. Boy, you see them used in, on boulevards and all over. Yeah, here, I, I just looked here. It says <laughs> it says you can, but it says their tubers are edible. edible. However, their texture and flavor will not be as good as varieties developed specifically as a vegetable. So I guess the answer is, if you were desperate, you could eat them, probably, yeah, yeah. and you'd be okay, but they wouldn't be too great. Yeah, right. Well, okay, so here's my uh, sweet potato story. I told you before, I had a sweet potato on the, on the top of the cupboard in this wire basket where mm -hmm. I keep onions and things, and it sprouted. So I took the sprouts off. They sprouted just like a potato would, right. snapped them off, put them in water. In no time at all, in less than a week, they were giving off More. roots. Oh, okay. Getting roots. And now two of the cutest little leaves have, have started on them. So now I'm going to save them, and I'm going to keep growing them, and I'm going to try and grow them out. And whether they're, they become an ornamental, I don't care. Or if they do actually get sweet potatoes, that'll be fine, too. So either... Yeah. Either be pretty or either be, you know, yeah. functional. Yeah. One or the other. So uh, this week, you know, I didn't, I wasn't in the garden all week long. I couldn't dig. It was wet. Oh, it's been too wet. I haven't gone out either. And I did mow between rains, I think this last week, and I don't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday, but there's still growth on the lawn. And you do want to do one last cutting before sure. the grass, you know, quits growing. Yes. Because otherwise you can get that snow mold and things. So it's uh, a good idea. It and, is. And then it takes away some of the cover for the voles and things, too, because yeah, they yeah. like it when there's more grass that's they can right. hide under. That's right. That's uh, right. Along with uh, uh, not going out, we do have, we had drained all the rain barrels. And, oh, I've and, got to do that. And yet, they're Barb. turned over yep. and and also put away the hoses. I have to so, do that yet. So when I, I, 
I went shopping this week because I couldn't be out in my own garden. <laughs> I went <laughs> shopping for plants, and uh, I bought two really nice plants. One of them I saw in your yard, and I liked it so much. That was two years ago, and it was on my list to buy. And <clears throat> plants were 50% off at the nursery I was at. Nice. And so I bought a hillside black beauty uh, snake root. Otherwise, they also know them as bugbane. Bugbane, yes. That's another. And they, that this is a perennial. They get very tall. That They grow four to seven feet tall. Um, and they will take shade, which is very, right. very good. Now, mine, um, the, the actual leaf part of it grows maybe... 24 inches, but then th- it'll get the beautiful flower that just shoots up that's like a white kind of a, yes. oh, what do you call it, like, shaped like a... Uh, it it uh, reminds oh, me of a snake a, almost, you know, because yeah, it Yeah, I guess that's what it's called, and then it's got, yeah, so so the, the actual <coughs> leaves, but they are, my, I think mine was called black negligee or something, and it's a bugbane, but it, it also... Like you said, it takes some shade, but it's got that beautiful dark foliage, and I, I really enjoy that because it's a contrast with some of the other things I've got. Yes, and the reason I've decided to add some dark colors is this year I had the cannas with the dark leaves on them, and they do stand out more in my garden where there's so much green. So that was one thing I picked up, and um, it was too wet. I couldn't get in the garden to plant it, so I've had it on the floor of my greenhouse and um, and it's just fine there, and I'll get it out. <clears throat> and then I found something I'd never seen before. You know, a stilby is also a really nice shade plant. I've planted quite a bit of a stilby in my shade, yes. And I have never seen it with the dark leaves. Oh, you haven't? Okay, yeah. No, I hadn't. Um, I had never seen it. I don't care whether it blooms or not. I just want that foliage. And so I got an, a stilby, and it's called Chocolate Shogun. The one thing about astilbes is they do like moisture because I found yes. if you don't keep them moist, they will die. And and they they just don't get as tall either. This year, with all the rain that we had, all the astilbes just went to town. They just were really, really gorgeous. Uh, so I, I've got that. I'm going to plant that. That's in the shade. Um, it'll get put into a place where um, it will look great because it's it's one plant when you do a specimen plant like that it has to kind of fit in where it's going right otherwise it sticks out just like a sore thumb instead yeah yeah that is so true although you now the thing is i have always loved to buy plants too and the one thing i am learning and you are too is is make sure you have a place for it before you go in and my husband will say to me if we're someplace he'll say i don't mind if you get plants but do you have a place for it yes and you know i had my husband with me and he is just really, uh, okay, do you like it? Buy it? That's you, my husband, too, which is awesome. Do you want only one? Do you need more than one? That's my husband, too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said, well, we're going to try this, and then we'll see, you know. <laughs> I, we, I'm a little bit more cautious that way. But he's very encouraging because I... I mean, then I can hardly wait to get out. I usually take my plant home and plant it the same day. Oh, I do too, yeah. And now here I am waiting for the weather to change. Well, you know, I bought a bunch of uh, honey bush, honeysuckle shrub, let's see, honey honeysuckle shrub bushes mm-hmm. earlier in the season, and they are one that don't mind shade. So I bought them for the hillside, and I have yet to plant them in the hillside because it's one of those things, they were on sale. I, I bought them. I've got six of them, but it's a matter of being able to get out and have yes. the time to do it. So 
if you do have some things like that, let's say I won't get them in the ground be where I want them, I will dig a trench somewhere in the, the garden sure. and I will bury the pots in there because while they are hardy, um, in the pots themselves, it might not be so good, but at least you're burying them yes. in the ground. So I've done that before and yeah. I've overwintered things yeah. that I haven't gotten planted. So that's something to think about. Maybe it's the, oh, there's a great sale, but you think, well, I don't know if I have time to plant them. Well, right. that's something you can do. And here's the thing that's important about that. Uh, since they are in a pot um, and they're not growing in the ground, you're going to have to continue to water them. Right. Yeah. And watering, and, th- and they'll come through just perfect. I've done that already, too. And then you just pull up the pot in the spring and, you know, right. find your place and, and just take off, them out yep, and put them in. Take a look at the roots. Uh, and if they're if they're circling the pot because they were in there, you need to separate them out. And you can trim some of them. Yes, off. Yes, if they are circling, you can uh, actually strangle your trees or shrubs. If because a lot of times if they get what it's called pot bound, right. it'd be like taking a rope and then twisting you in a in a barrel or something, and then the rope would get tighter sure. and tighter. Sure. And yeah, so Just you got to pull them about, make them nice and straight. Yeah, along with with. Uh, I guess the things we were doing was really important, even though it wasn't gardening for the winter. We also got our took our boat and uh, we have it stored out out in Lake Crystal and got that done. And <clears throat> I was very surprised at how beautiful the driveway was with all the leaves coming down from um, I have three maple trees and it looked like a mosaic. So take time to enjoy the change of seasons and don't be so quick to to uh, get your harvest your leaves enjoy them on the ground just the way they are before they start getting really thick and blowing on your neighbor and now they're so wet that they just stick in place as a matter of fact uh, some of the leaves I noticed on the pavement they actually make a stain right I think this will just wash off but but still uh, I thought wow that's because it's so rainy, so wet. And I will probably wait to to get some <coughs> of the leaves up. So what I what I'm doing is out at the lake house. There's a lot more trees. I will put the uh, bagger on on the lawnmower, and I will catch a lot of them. Right. Otherwise, you know, they get kind of thick. So then then what I've been doing is creating mulch places around the gardens because those shredded leaves will be a nice compost for. And, and the leaves are are so important. They're such an asset to us, and especially, I mean, we need that in our heavy soil. So. I have an experience to tell you about. I have been volunteering in a food program at our church, and we had served a salad that required lots of bananas. Oh. So all the bananas were peeled and sliced and put into the salad, and uh, I said, and apples, too. I said, oh, no, this doesn't go in the garbage. I'll take all this home. You took all the, what would be considered garbage. Apples and banana peels home, yes. And so they said, what are you going to do with that? And I said, well, I'm going to use the banana peels for my roses. And why are you going to do that? I said, well, because they, they, they're important. They feed the, the rose bushes. Well, there's one person who was listening to all this but didn't ask much. So when I came in this week to work in the food program, he said to me, I'm wondering if I can come and see you feeding the roses. I just can't imagine this. And, and and I thought, you know, sometimes um, I should be more careful when I talk, when I explain to people exactly what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Because if you don't have any knowledge of gardening, if someone says they're feeding the roses, they might think you're literally saying, 
here, Rose, here, Rose. They're know. thinking you're a little crazy, maybe. Yeah. You yeah. know, another thing that's that's really good <clears throat> that people, I think, a lot of times waste is coffee grounds. I don't drink coffee, but I wish I did because that's something you can add to the soil, and it's really beneficial to the tilth, to the, oh, the yeah. texture. And for a while, I was getting some from a local... Uh, coffee place, but it just got to be, I, I wasn't doing it on a regular basis enough. Sure. And they're like, well, you know, yeah. forget it. So, or, or pick them up on Sunday when you go to church. Yeah, if your church has a lot it, of coffee. It, but, yeah, but right. I mean, anything you can do like that is, is so beneficial. It is. And it gives you a chance to talk about c- composting. I explained to this person, you know, about building a compost pile you know, so that you have all this going for you. You don't just need the banana leaves to feed the soil. You need all of these things. And when you mix them together and... Um, this person said, you know, I think the neighbors would object. I said, well, they won't because... Well, they don't smell. You, you, no, you no, so, so they don't smell. So uh, but they, they thought that was real, rather interesting. Now, I was talking to one of our students this morning up here, and I believe he's from Rwanda. Yes, and, and his name is Chaste. Chaste. And he was telling me that in his country, they have a law. When you take one tree out, you must replace it with two wow, trees. Wow, that, that's a law. That's amazing. Yes, and also on uh, the weekend, I believe it's on Saturday, it's either Friday or Saturday, in their community, they have a work day where they get trees from the government and they plant them. And they, uh, uh, he said they, they work on beautification and they work on, on uh, environmental projects with the water and that. And that's a volunteer basis that they all come together to do. So he said he's very, we were talking about uh, the change of seasons and, and preserving and saving the environment, the clean air, the clean water for future generations. And he said in his village, that's very near and dear to the people's hearts. And they really do that. And I said, well, having, you know, dedication by people, but but having government rules is a very good thing to government laws. I know people don't like to be ruled by the government, but sometimes they are for our, our own good for the future. Yes, right, exactly. Now, what, you know, I know we're almost out of time here, but I was just thinking, because I consider last night the official end of my gardening season, mainly because everything's dead now, and I'm going to have to start yanking things out of the ground. Um, if you could think of one thing that was your biggest success and your least success this gardening season, what would it be, Barb? Well, my least success was in the vegetable garden. It was the tomatoes. They had blight. Oh, you just seen, I did not get that. I wonder it, if it was in your soil, maybe? Because I've got the raised bed soil and I add new stuff every year. Right. Oh, the one thing we did differently was we didn't put down landscape cloth. Ah. We normally put down landscape cloth and then we put leaves on top of that. And this year we just put the leaves on and we had so much rain, mm-hmm. those leaves broke down and I added them a second time and it still wasn't enough. Which goes to show you, you got to keep that soil uh, covered. Otherwise that you'll get that blight. It's in the soil. It splashes up with the rain. So so that was my least successful thing. But I mean, it was successful because I learned a lot from that, that you can't take any shortcuts. You know how it is in this, when you're planting. Well, you and if you're in a hurry sometimes with gardening too, or you just don't get around to it, that does happen. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the most successful thing I think I had was um, this new squash that I planted. Uh, and it... What was it called? Um, it, it, it's was not... Was it the honey bear? It's not honey. Be- is it honey bear or is it baby bear? 
Well, the what, honey which bear. Which did you have? I had honey bear, and that's the. I didn't it's, have that It's one. a small acorn squash winter which is a winter squash that it's almost a serving for enough for one person and it's just delicious i that one i didn't have so you did baby bear i I believe it's called baby bear and it, it was but what was successful about that is i grew that in a raised bed and i put uh foil uh right up to the stem of each plant and spread the foil out covering the bed so that there weren't any. I didn't have any problems at all with the vine bores. Not a single That's one. That's great because I've had problems with that in the past. Yeah. So so I'd say that was a big success. And so far as my flowers go, the success there um, probably was in this annual hibiscus that I grow mm-hmm. that grew six feet tall and maybe uh, uh, four feet wide. It's just a great plant, but it it's not hardy. This morning it's froze. I went out and looked. Oh, at you didn't it. bring it in. N- n- you can't. It's so big. Oh, it, I take cuttings. Okay. I take the cuttings off. I root them, and and I get that much growth every year from this hibiscus. I mean, if we could keep that year round, it would be just it'd become a tree. I think almost. Well, have you ever seen the ones out at Drummers? They have at the entryway. They've got the yes. they've got annual that hibiscus yellow. that oh. they. You know, they winter over. Obviously, they have big greenhouses where yes. they can and bring them in. And they have a in. forklift the, to yes, bring that in and out. because that would be hundreds, maybe a thousand pound to lift yes. that. But, I mean, do you see how big those are? Those yes. are literally yeah. tree size, yeah. and they're beautiful. What I'm going to do is, so I have um, several cuttings. I'm going to take some to Georgia with me and try them in Patricia's garden. Is that against the law to bring it over state lines? Well, it as long as you're bringing it bare root. Oh, okay. You know. <laughs> I didn't want to get you in trouble, No Barb. soil. No. You'd be arrested and I'll be <laughs> doing the show on myself. Oh, no, <laughs> no. I would never do that. Oh, good. And uh, and so anyway, I'm going to see how that works there. It, sometimes things can just be too hot. They have too much of a good thing. I mean, they have had 95 degree temperatures. They have had high humidity. And they have a lot of... Uh, fungal diseases, lots of things and blights so that we don't have. So uh, maybe it won't work there, but it'll be interesting to see if that would keep growing. Because they've got the warmth and who yeah. knows. They, you know, they're cannas. They, they, you never dig them up. You plant them. That would be and, nice. And that, But what they do is they just naturally die back when it gets really hot. Like our normal perennials right? do. And then they come back up from the bottom again. So can you imagine how big those roots must be? Wow. wow. Hey, Barb, always great to have you on the air. Thanks, Karen. We will uh, put our garden shows on the SoundCloud if anybody wants to listen, if you miss some of it or want to listen to pr- previous ones. All you got to do is go to SoundCloud, Google KMSU, and go to Playlist Gardening. All right. See you later. All right. It is one minute past 10, and you are listening to A Minnesota Morning at KMSU Radio, 89.7 FM in Mankato, and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato, big ideas and